Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody! Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, Destination Debbie is proud to bring to you its Dynasty Tag Team Champions of the World, the McNutted Michael Crystal, the ATM Adam McFerrin, the 4D Chess Podcast. And of course, if you're not down with that, we've got two words for you. Welcome back in, everybody! Another edition of the 4D Chess Dynasty Podcast coming at you right now. As always, if you're listening, please, 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 rate and review. Helps us out so much. Give us a good feedback or bad feedback, either or. Give us some feedback. We appreciate it, but thank you for tapping in. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Iowa Michael and my boy Adam at ATM4D Chess. Adam, how are we doing tonight? Ready to do this thing? Man, you already know I'm ready to do this thing. We are at episode 25. I mean, this is crazy. And uh, we keep bringing them, man. We keep bringing heat, more heat. It's like the old Drake albums, not the new one. If you haven't listened, that, that junk is trash. Don't don't even put it on. We got some heat coming tonight, man. Yeah, if you, uh, if you pay attention to my Twitter, you saw the little teaser out there. Vince McMahon strutting down, coming in. We got the boss on. Ray GQ here himself. Ray, welcome into the 4D Chess Dynasty Football Podcast, the thing that you helped bring to life. So it's just right. Episode 25, that just feels like the right number to have you on. What's going on, buddy? Yeah, man, what's going down, boys? Uh, this is uh, this is awesome, man. 25 episodes in. You know, be proud of the accomplishment, man. I mean, I know when I first started out, it was like, I just want to go a month straight. I just want to make it through a month. And then it's like, all right, let's see if I can go two months, three months. So the fact that you hit this uh, 25th uh, milestone, it's the first of many 25s to come for you two. So I'm excited to be on the show with you and uh, excited to chop it up. Some dynasty fantasy football, baby, with uh, two rising stars in the community, man. I love what y'all are doing and happy to be a guest tonight. Uh, so glad to hear you say that, man. You you started an addiction for Adam and I. We we started ourselves back in last July, but you emphasized it, right? You, you gave a you gave us a bigger platform, and now we just can't get enough. So, episode twenty five, this shit has flown by. Pretty soon we'll be doing episode one hundred and be like, holy shit! <laughs> you remember remember when we were on twenty five, Adam? No, I don't. It no. seems like so long ago. But hey, we got a hell of a lead. You covered it on the morning show today with Jay Rich. That Heisman Auction League and at best ball. So this is something I wanted to dive in. We're going to dive in a little bit to the league, but also some of the best ball strategy, right? You're you're doing a lot more best ball. I know this because I play in a lot more best ball leagues with you. So we're going head to head all the time. And Adam's in there as well. So 
let's give the people some more best ball strategy because I think it is still, still kind of misunderstood a little bit. And a lot of people don't yet fully appreciate what it brings to the table as far as your flexibility and allowing you to play in so many different leagues and being able to expand your your dynasty portfolio. So let's dive right in, Ray. What were your thoughts? You you are part of the brainchild. You and Eric set this whole thing up. You guys had all kinds of crazy conversations about it. So tell the people who, in case they didn't fucking watch the wake-up show, which I don't know why you're not, <laughs> but what the basis of this league, your brainchild behind this thing is. Yeah, man. So in our in the in our Discord channel, in 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 the Patreon, man, uh, patreon.com forward slash all gas. We've got a tier, a group of individuals. Um, it's the it's the highest tier that you could be a part of. It's called the Heisman level tier, where um, it's an intimate level of fantasy access. I think that's a good way to say it. Um, where we just converse and communicate all the time. Big group of guys, you know, 30, 40. It started out 10 guys, 20, 30. Now it's 40 plus guys. Anyway, uh, you know, there's a lot of egos in there. There are a lot of egos. There are a lot of strategies. Uh, there are a lot of sharp minds in that group. And I said, you know what? Well, let's see who the sharpest is. Let's figure out who's the best dynasty strategist. And we came up with an idea to do a 2018 uh, league. And it's sort of the old Heismans, the OGs versus the new Heismans, right? So the older members versus the newer members, 14 teams, super flex, tight end premium, auction start auction startup draft to figure out who the best, the Royal Rumble, the king of Destination Debbie, who's the sharpest of the minds. The, the ultimate goal is the winner from the new side faces the winner from the old side. They face off collision course. We figure out who the champ is. And uh, yeah, Dynasty Best Ball, something that you two are really starting to, you know, mold as your own um, is sort of the format that we decided to play. So that's that's the brainchild. That's the idea. If you guys didn't hear about it, that's what we did. I, I really feel bad, too, because we got a wrestling theme, right? It's the Royal Rumble. We all pick wrestlers. We all got this motherfucking show has the New Age Outlaws intro, <laughs> Right. And how the fuck, Adam, did you and I not come up with well, badass Billy Gunn? You know what? The talk you know what, man? what the I, fuck are we no, doing? Don't, 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 don't look at me. Don't you dare look at me. Cause I asked Eric, I'm like, he's like, what, what wrestler are you on? I'm like, what did Mike pick? And I, when I heard what you picked, I was just, I was heartbroken. I'm like, all right, you know what, man? I'm just going to go do my own thing. I'm going to be the undertaker. We're just going to throw the whole wrench into it, man. My bad, man. I fucked up. I'm sorry. It's okay. Man, it's, it's okay. It's a major oversight. It's okay. Because uh, at this point, we're not really a tag team, so we might as well go be you know, our own because we're going at each other this one, right? All right, Ray. You kind of covered some of the auction stuff this morning on the Wake Up Show where, depending on time people get nominated, you know, plays a huge factor into it, how you manage your budget. You did – absolutely fucking phenomenal with the short budget and, and i know you you've let us know a billion times but truly you started with a short stack at the table and you built a much better team than a lot of these people who who had extra money going into which is a shame on them for for letting you do that but let's dive into some of the best ball aspects of it because we not only have this league we got bomb squad one and two we got patron leagues out there where we're doing best balls your general strategy when going in, right? I know in Bomb Squad, you live and you learn, right? You, last year you went in and you had your quarterback situation in Superflex. You had a Josh Allen and a Baker Mayfield. And I don't. Did you have anybody else that was? Those were the two guys. Nope, that's it. That's all I had all year. 
Josh Allen was an absolute fucking stud for you, but Baker, not so much, which is also probably why he's getting traded to Carolina soon. But your strategy, has that evolved since you started playing more more, more best ball dynasty as far as your quarterback? If you're going to compete for, for a title, do you want to share that up a little bit more? Are you going deeper or do you still like the, the two quarterback approach? Yeah, I think I think one must start with the big difference between a, a lineup league and a best ball league, just in general, whether it's dynasty redraft, it, the same principles that hold true as far as roster construction, um, I, they're, they're quite different on each side, right? There are some players where I just have zero interest rostering them on a lineup league where they are like ideal late round candidates in best ball, right? These speedy wide receivers that don't do a damn thing, but one week somehow they go three receptions, 122 yards and two touchdowns. Like that guy's valuable in the right offense and under the right situations. Right. Um, But for me, absolutely, Mike, um, I'm no best ball, uh, you know, lead analyst. Like that's not, that's not my forte. So I'm learning as well. And I think, um, being in that league together, I, I honestly think that probably was my first was my first dynasty best ball league. And being in that, having a good team that you look at that in a lineup league and you're like, shit, this team is just I don't care who his QB2 is. Look at what he's got, man. This is fucking money, right? Um, I, I learned that that doesn't quite get it done. And because of that, um, as I sit back and look at this auction and I look at some of the players that people poo-poo some of the players that people think, oh, this team sucks ass, right? And I look at it a lot different than I probably would have a year ago. So absolutely, um, I'm learning. We're all continuing to learn. And I am learning more and more about uh, building a competitive best ball roster. Yeah, that, that, that's such a big thing. Go ahead, Mike. What were you going to say? Adam, I was going to say, too, you kind of went with that approach. In the league. We've talked about it on past podcasts before, the whole studs and duds approach in best ball. Right. Is that something that you, too, when you've done these these leagues, has kind of adapted or changed your approach if you're trying to compete in these leagues about, man, maybe I don't want all these studs. We, we just talked about them on the trade show that will come out on Monday about, you know, changing or valuing trades versus lineup versus best ball and how sometimes you just tweak it to best ball and you go, fuck, man, I, I may actually want that deal, even though it sounds shitty. Have yeah. you kind of changed your approach on that as well? Absolutely. I Honestly, similar to how Ray just hit it on the head for me. L- last year, Mike, you and I did. I mean, it was, it seems like every week, a hey, link, sleeper, startup, you know, all these dynasty best ball leagues. And we had, I hadn't done a bunch of them. They were a lot of fun. But then you start realizing, like, man, all these teams you think that are contenders that don't have the bench that's really there. And you get three injuries and it's like, oh, man, this, this contender is not a contender anymore all of a sudden, right? Or it's barely on the edge of contender. You sneak into the playoffs where, yeah, you're better off having two for ones a lot of times in the right situation. And I think that's the thing, like when we do the trade show now, how my mind has changed on best ball and lineup and how much it differs depending on the settings. We, we were doing one trade, right? And we, we went through it and we were like, oh man, this is easily Antonio Gibson. And then we started putting names to the picks and it's like, wait a minute, are you sure in best ball you don't, you're not interested in the other side? I think even as much as I've learned in a year, the more you talk and think about it, when you're throwing real depth in, like you've got to start thinking, especially when the assets are piling up. I think the one that hit it off for me and kind of made the the switch. Now I'm not a savant or anything, but I just started thinking last year in that exact bomb squad league, Ray, 
you were in it. You remember there was, a, I think, the damn same fucking week. DJ Chark and Juju Smith-Schuster both were injured and out for the year, right? Uh, Juju had the shoulder. Chark got his ankle snap run blocking because fucking thank you, Urban Meyer. <laughs> Just ruining my life. But I ended up trading them for... Leonard Fournette, Evan Ingram, and like something else, maybe a Daryl Williams or just Devontae Booker, just some turd thrown in. And Fournette wasn't Fournette that we think of now, like this year at the time. And Evan Ingram is still kind of just a whatever piece. But at the time, I'm thinking these guys do absolutely nothing for me on a contender being injured for the entire year. And yes, this is dynasty, but they're taking up roster spots and scoring absolute fucking zeros. So I think my shift in best ball came at that time where I realized that, hey, why roster zeros on my team? Just because it's quote-unquote dynasty when I could go actually get some players who might actually score a point week to week. Like, I'm trying to beat Ray in this fucking league. I don't need zeros. He's got studs. I just need guys who may fall into the end zone, trip and fall, get, get me 6, 10, 15 points, and I'll call it a day. But – Ray, have you kind of come to appreciate some of these turdier players? Like you, you kind of mentioned the wide receivers. Like we all kind of think of uh, in the past, Sammy Watkins, he's better for best ball, or or Deshaun Jackson, he's better for best ball. I, I, have you start to come to appreciate some of these running backs? Like I know I've never been a scat back guy, but even guys like Neheem Hines, I start to have interest in because I don't got to pick when I choose to start this fucking guy. Like if he goes off for twenty, he's going in my lineup. But in a lineup league, it usually works out the other way for me where he's sitting on my bench explodes. Yeah. I put him in the next week and he does fuck off. Well, well, think about it, man. In a lineup league, normally you start two running backs, right? You start two running backs. And if you've got a good team, let's just say your running backs are, and I'm not even going like crazy good, but let's just say your running backs are uh, DeAndre Swift and David Montgomery, right? Those are your two starting running backs. DeAndre Swift, David Montgomery, you're strong at wide receiver. Even if you have Justin Jackson on your bench last year in a lineup league, you're still like, I, I don't know if I could bench Monty for Justin Jackson, right? Yeah, but in best ball, I, I believe it was last year, there were weeks where that fucker finished top 12 on, on the week. I think a couple of times a Justin Jackson. So while having him in a lineup league, if you had the cojones to put him in there, would have yielded that positive result. In best ball, I don't even have to worry about it. Like, I was savvy enough to grab that old backup running back, you know, toward, late in the season. Uh, Austin Eckler went down, and his points, just they're on my lineup for the week because I have them rostered in best ball. It, it gives me a whole newfound appreciation for a lot of veteran players who are going to, you know, and, and again, the situation and roster size matters, Right but that can have those explosive weeks and you don't have to worry about when it happens, right? Like I just trust in the Kansas city chiefs offense. And I know at some point I don't want McCall Hardman. I don't want McCall Hardman at all in a lineup league. Right. But in a deep best ball league. Yeah. Give me McCall Hardman in the, in the last couple of rounds. Right. Because that week where he does something for Kansas city, I've got him, but I, I I'm never going to start him. I don't care. My receiving core in a lineup league would have to be so decimated for me to even throw him in there in a start three receiver league or in a couple of flex spots. But in best ball, you don't have to worry about it, man. So um, it, 
I think it also what you just talked about, Mike, where you got Devontae Booker. Like, it makes the throw-in a little more intriguing, right? Like, if if you're looking at my team and you're like, all right, this deal is close, but I want Ray to throw something in. Fuck him. He's going to pay something extra, right? If you're savvy enough to be like, all right, let's make this swap, but throw in McCall Hardman. Most people will just be like, yeah, whatever. It's just Hardman. You get that asset and you're like, and look, all, all I need is one from them, right? I can I can sit them on. The, all I need is one. That's something better than hoarding and in quotes or rostering like a, a, a third string quarterback or second string quarterback that you know is an absolute zero. So long winded answer of saying absolutely, it's changed my strategy, and I have a better appreciation for all the players. And there is a little more strategy with with trades, with waivers, who you're picking up. Shout out Jalen Darden, another low-key. No one's really talking about him, right? But in a lineup league, no way I'm playing Jalen Darden. But if if my bench is good enough in a in a best ball league, Chris Godwin's out, positive reports at minicamp. Even if I just roster him for now and let somebody else believe in the hype and I flip him for a third, you know what I mean? Like yes. Jalen Darden has value in a in a deep bench. Uh, deep roster, you know, best ball league, whereas in a lineup league, probably not. Man, that, that's that's a really good point. Go ahead, Mike. I was going to ask you, Adam, uh, along these lines. So Ray and I had been talking in Heisman with some of the other patrons on Destination Debbie about some of these dart throw guys. So so think back for us last year. You know, we liked Amir Smith-Marset. We liked Hunter Long. On these rosters where you're only rostering 22, 25, do you think you can afford to have these fucking guys on your team? No, like, no. so the point that was brought up was Kyle Trask, like a guy like Kyle Trask, who, you know, isn't fucking playing this year. Right. Unless something terrible happens, which probably isn't going to happen to Tom Brady. So Kyle Trask on a 25 man roster or 22 man roster, are you even keeping him on your fucking team? Or are you just hit up, get out of here, buddy. Like I'm going to kick your ass to the curb. No. So hit, hit. With this league also, there, there, there's a few things I want to get into since you asked me that question now, right? Ray was just talking Jalen Darden, and, and it got my mind really going to this about this league because it's a start There's start 11, right? And it's 25 roster spots. Th- this is what's very interesting to me, man. Start 25. I'm sorry, roster 25 is not that deep. No, it's pretty sure. I'm telling you right now what's going to be very, very, very fun is the hellish craziness going on in this waiver wire, man. Because there's going to be Jalen Darden types that have weeks. Running backs get hurt. I'm telling you the fab money is going to be very, very key in this league. There's a lot of things about this league I'm really excited about. Um, But to to get to your question, this is something I've learned. And we talked about when we did our first best ball, like strategy uh, piece here in 40. It's a while ago now. If I'm contending... All these stashes I like in my lineup leagues or on my rebuilders, the Hunter Longs, Amir Smith, Marset, all those guys you're talking about, you got to kick rocks, man. Especially like in a league like this, 25 roster spots. Fuck no, I can't hold you. Now, this is what's interesting about this league versus, let's say, some other leagues. Because these picks are lotteries, right? I don't know that I'm comfortable. Like, one of the things I'll do if it's not a lottery is I'll hold more and more of those guys. Because now my points are not going to get there. And on my rebuild side, I'm giving myself a really good shot at 101-102, right? And in 2023, 101-102 is going to be a premium. 
But what I'm not doing in this league is doing that because if my if I'm basically saying, hey, I got no shot to win week in and week out, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go dumpster rebuild, and then my lottery turns into 109. You played yourself, boy. You played yourself. So I'm not doing that. I think I think that is a vastly under underrated aspect of leagues we play in with Ray that he sets up is this fucking lottery. You know, <laughs> you know, you and I when when we play Adam, we love to play the you're in or you're fucking out, right? Yeah. yeah. You either you either go be first we're not, or be last. We're, we're not putting our toe in this water, man. We're going in or we're sitting out. Yeah. <laughs> like if I'm going to be last, I'm trading away all the points on my team that I possibly can because I want that 101, right? I need that 101. I will take all the draft picks, whatever. I'm getting the damn 101. You do that shit in Rays League with the lottery. Like we have seen it, guys who should have been the one on one. Jack, you know I love you, Jack. By the way, shout out, oh, Jack. That's what makes this especially like this league. People have fucked up their auction. We we, <laughs> we can we can acknowledge people have fucked up their auction, and now you really don't have that security of pivoting. Your team's bad, and even if you lean into your team being bad. Like you said, Adam, you still may be the 108, the 109, the 110. Ugh, that, that- I just, I just want to say I've learned from that. And I think moving forward, the lottery will only be for the six non-playoff teams. I'm learning, all right? That's because right. that that makes a lot of sense too. And I'm not saying I'm not saying you can't do the lottery. I'm just saying if that's if those learned, are the rules, I'm not I'm not doing I know. that. I've learned and I've grown and I it's wild. I mean, that's New York Knicks level of just you were yes. god awful. You're banking on Bijan. You've got the most weighted lottery balls, and then you end up with the 107. It's just like I, I think I think I'll do it for the t- the bottom six teams moving forward. I just want to. I, I need the people to know. Uh, I, I am a man of the people. I do listen to the suggestion box. You know. Yeah, you know what? Speak, speaking no of shot. which, uh, no, speaking of which, he, he's no the people's champion here. You know. <laughs> The people's champ. Yeah, that is that is no shot at the Knicks, though, because, you know, R.J. Barrett's a fine player, but you know it's got to just chap your ass when you're so bad. And you're like, we're getting Zion. No, you get R.J. Barrett. <laughs> I mean, we I guess Zion. I guess if you're Zion a Knicks- at home, it's Julius Randle. I, I, I guess if you're a Knicks fan now, how mad are you? Because he's not Ooh, playing. Yeah, yeah, I want to I want to I want to talk about this, though, Ray, because I want to get into some of the thought processes here from you on your team because I was sitting there thinking like man this dude doesn't have a lot of money but he's being really smart about his like I, I the other thing about this the auction um dynasty degenerates that are listening it was a slow one now Mike and I don't really like MFL but I will say their proxy auction slow auction Fantastic. is really really good like it's easily the best in the game I've seen so you, you you have so much time to kind of pay attention to what people are doing. And I'm sitting there thinking, like, man, Ray GQ is not really, like, doing anything crazy with his money. He's being real smart. And then where he really did this was, so you sent your – you picked up 223 first for $125 a piece of your auction, right? So it put you back at 750 But then you play 40 chess. Like, you played 40 chess. You move one of those in a second – for Drake London and DJ Moore, and I was like, okay, it's on. Here we go. And then you really started cleaning up at the end with your money. Walk me through, like, I'm looking at your team. I'm not going to sit here and tell you it's a home run, like you're going to win this year for sure, but this team is in absolute contention, and you still have 223 first to toy with. 
Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I think the, in it, 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 for me, it's the biggest overarching takeaway that I have from this exercise. Um, one, you know, I listened to the Patriot episode last night. Shout out to the shitheads out there. If you're not subscribed uh, to their Patreon, patreon.com forward slash South Harmon, do it. Um, I was literally in bed, uh, AirPods in, listening to your show. And I heard you two bitching about 14 team leagues and how much you don't like them, right? But I feel you, man. It's, it's, I think 14 team is like the threshold of challenge because it is challenging. Even in a snake draft in 14 team super flex leagues, it's at, at some point you got to punt one position a little bit, right? It's, it's just difficult to deploy everything your dynasty brain, your fantasy brain is conditioned for. We are conditioned for 12 team leagues. Most dynasty fantasy football gamers are conditioned for 12 team leagues. And I know adding two teams to the equation doesn't seem like a lot. But when you're really, you know, tier-based drafting, tier-based value, it, it changes a lot, okay? But I, I think the biggest thing that I learned, and I learned it because I didn't have enough money to be in on day one, is to be patient. Like, be patient, don't reach, uh, don't panic. I think in that deal that I made, I know what happened, I know what the manager was thinking, and at that moment, I just said the hell with it. And you guys, I, I cannot lie to you. And I, I'm going to give him, I didn't, there was no conversation. I literally was like, sent, I sent the deal. I saw what happened on the board and I sent it. And then that sparked, would you kick in this? You know, it's, we talk about so many things, man. We talk about prospect evaluation, film, analytics, value, ADP. The biggest X factor in everything that we do, every move we make, this game, if you really love this game, which I do, I fucking love it, man. I love the strategy. The human element, the psychology of how people think when things happen is one of the biggest unexploited X factors in this game, man. Look at it right now. Right now. You got David Bell. He hasn't dropped a pass all mini camp. He's seven for seven in receptions. You can go fucking trade David Bell right now off of that because people see that. We haven't had football in forever, and they're just uh, they're so excited. The pink thing is coming out, right? The pink thing just coming out. Any kind of football, like a dog, right? The pink thing is out. Any football, it's out. And knowing how people think, you can get deals done. You can capitalize. You can exploit. Um, the thought process, Adam, was be patient. I don't have the money to be in on the top guys. I'll let everybody overspend, and I will try my best to load up on as many mid-tier uh, players as I possibly can. Now, plan was thwarted in the middle a little bit. Like, I didn't plan to walk away with one quarterback. That was not the plan. But at a certain point, I realized overpaying for Daniel Jones just wasn't – my goal at that point was acquire as many good assets as I possibly could and flip the shit out of players after the play – the draft is you haven't even moved. If you play chess, this is a 40 chess podcast. The draft is nothing but pawns, man. You ain't moving Queens and Kings and Rooks and Knights. You're moving pawns in the draft. The real strategy is how you manage your roster after the draft. I told people y'all weren't in there. I told everybody in that group, Mike and Adam, if you have the courage of your conviction, if your roster, if you believe that you're so good at drafting, that you win this thing with the roster that you drafted and only picking up players off waivers, no trades. 
I will pay you double. The pot is 2000 something dollars. I put the challenge to everybody in that group. If you don't make a trade and you think that your draft and your waiver abilities are that good, if you win, I will double the pot with my own money. Because yeah. Dynasty is, the, the draft is the pawns, man. The real shit happens after the fact, right? So I knew I was out on certain players. Let me load up on as much talent as possible, and I'll figure my quarterback situation out later. And I wholeheartedly believe I will. Yeah, and, and man, you just hit on a bunch of things there when I start thinking and getting into that, right? So we talk about the 4Ds in the 4D chess, right? And diligence, I think, is something that it covers a broad range of topics. But one of the key points that I think is underestimated is one you kind of hit on. Knowing your league mates, understanding the human element, the psychology. Rico's panicking, right? And you you absolutely leveraged what you had, what he needed to benefit you, right? And whether you believe that the 125 was too much or not enough for the pick is irrelevant at that point because you leveraged the pick and got way more than what you paid for it, right? And ultimately, that that's the, the chess-type moves that we're talking about. And like you just hit on, man, it, listen, drafting is one of the four Ds. If you think you're going to win your leagues on just drafting, you better hit on every single fucking Debo Samuel, Cooper Cup, all these people late that are just absolute values that no one's seen coming. Because if you don't do that, you do not win your leagues by just drafting. It's impossible. You have to make trades. You have to do dealing. Mm-hmm. You have to do diligence, all that stuff. And can I can I defend Rico for a second, right? We just put his fucking name please, out there, Rico. Please, please do. Please do. My pet, Rico. Me, we love you, too. Let me defend Rico here. And I'm not defending the deal because I, I know what he was thinking. In that moment, he's looking at his roster. He's looking at his budget. He's looking at the quarterbacks on the board. And he's thinking, I'm not going to get one. I'm going to have all these running backs, no quarterback. This team is going to be – like the running backs are going to buoy me enough to not be the worst, right? But I'm not going to be in a position to get a pick. I don't like in his mind, I know what he was thinking. He was thinking like this, and we've been there, right? We have all been there. Everyone listening, you get done with a draft and you look at it, and you're like, I need to gut this shit ASAP. Like, I know, <laughs> I know, <laughs> I know the draft just ended, but I need to gut it. I'll say Rico's fl- flottle, fatal flaw was not waiting until the end, right? If if he got to the end of it and he looked at his team and said, this is not going to cut it, I need to liquidate, I'm not saying that same deal gets done, but at least you got to the end, you saw how things played out, and 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 maybe the fear and paranoia at the end, he ends up winning a, a, a Mitch Trubisky or a couple of Krusties, and then at the end he's like, you know what? It's not as bad as I thought it was when I lost out on Trevor Lawrence, you know, but it's, it's, I'm glad I held. And I think that was the fatal flaw. Not so much that he thought of the pivot and the direction change. So let's, that I've been there and that's a smart play, but the move for him was not to make it then at that moment. Cause there was still a lot that could have played out. Right. But yeah. I know, I know what he thought. I know yeah. he was like, it's, it's dog shit. I'm out of it. I need to start getting an pick acquisition mode, but you do that after the fact, man. Mike, I don't, I don't want to keep taking up too much. I know you want to get into it, but I, I think what you're hitting on here is so key, especially – listen, the, the thing about auction, I was paying attention to your wake-up show this morning, right? And we're talking about how it's really hard to give just a auction 
bullet point like piece of advice because really what happens in auction is you have to be just very observant and aware of what's happening, right? Like that is a piece of the pie that you can't put in a book and say, this is what you need to do in an auction. And there was multiple times, literally two, three, four times where you're like, man, like if I could undo these moves, everybody, if I could undo the early day moves and have the money now, I would want to do that. And there was multiple times where people traded players that they paid more for for less now because it's still a win currently, right? You take the L that you lost, but you're still winning because now you can take that 65 instead of 80 that you spent on Tyree Kill, shout out to B, and you can put that 65 to better use, right? So like there's a lot of times where you'll realize you need to pivot and or that I mean, every auction is different. Sometimes people will hold their money early. Sometimes people will spend their money early. And the way it was bid and the way that the all the quarterbacks went early, the money was gone fast. So it's like you have to kind of observe what the room is doing. And I think whether you had money or didn't, everybody realized being patient was absolutely the win in this draft. So Ray, Ray hit on it perfectly. We've all had them uh... – Congressman Cam Brady from the campaign moments where you're just like, I fucked up, <laughs> all right? But, yes, you need to have the patience and the wherewithal to not go on full tilt. It's kind of like gambling at the casino, right? Oh, the next one's going to get it for me. You know, Don't let yourself get sucked into that. Have some patience. Take a step back. Take a breath. The thing, Ray, you hit on that I love perfectly is best ball auctions are the perfect place to capitalize on two human elements that people have all the time. We are in a an absolute society where we want the newest, the fastest, we want the shit in front of us, the shiny toys right fucking now, and I need them. One in an auction, Adam, you touched on it a little bit too. There's really only two scenarios we have ever seen. I've never seen this mythical third scenario where everybody auctions smartly. The middle ground doesn't happen. Middle no. ground. It, it hasn't that. happened. No. It's either people are too tight-ass with their money and those top-end players that get nominated early become values, and we've all seen that in multiple leagues that we've done. Or it's the other one, like this one, where the top-end players get nominated early and people can't hold their load, and they go all out, and the people who are patient and have the wherewithal to go, I'm not paying $375 for Justin Herbert. Like He's a great player. I would love to have him on my team, but I understand this is best ball. I would rather have three Mac Jones – than one Justin Herbert. I would much rather have that on my team in best ball. So you can capitalize on those human elements. And the, the reason best ball is so conducive to it is because you don't generally need those top tier studs. Now, you could have a best ball league where it's maybe start nine, very small. And yes, you probably want to lean a little bit more into the studs because they're going to be the most consistent week in and week out. But in general, man, if you're getting to start 10, start 11, 12, 13, 14, like some of these leagues we're doing, this one's a start 11. I don't care how much, Adam, you and I love JT or DeAndre Swift. I, I think they are one and two in the dynasty ranks for running backs. Hands fucking down. No question about it. But give me three Josh Jacobs types on best ball as long as I have the total roster space to roster them. And – 25, we talked about it kind of being shallow. The only thing 25 becomes shallow for is the dog shit players that are going to be absolute zeros, right? I don't want the Kyle Trask. I don't want the 
last year Amir Smith Marsets. I don't want to hold on to the Hunter Longs of the world where I got to wait three, four years until I see anything out of them. But these other guys, which are going to be the, if you were to look at my roster and you're like, that's a top 15 to 18 player on this, this guy's roster. Absolutely. I want as many of those dudes as I can possibly get. So give me all the Josh Jacobs, give me all the Leonard Fournette's, all the Aaron Jones over one Jonathan Taylor. And then you compound that with the auction aspect of this, Ray, where it's going, I've got a thousand dollar budget. I don't really want to be spending 22% on one Jonathan Taylor when I can go get Kamara or Josh Jacobs and Ezekiel Elliott. And if I combine them all, I still am saving a hundred and some dollars. And then I can go get two wide receivers on top of it. So this is a huge thing where you can capitalize on that human element. I'm not saying I'm the greatest at it, but you can easily, if you, if you, like Adam said, if you're just fucking observant and go like, I'm not doing it. Like you had that epiphany, Ray, where you said, I'm not paying this for quarterback. You got to have that epiphany where you go, I like these studs, but I'm not fucking paying it for these guys. If we're in an auction best ball, I know that Tuesday when the nominations come back, there's going to be the, the Jacobs, the, the Kirk Cousins of the world. There's going to be all these mid-tier guys that I can win with if I just stack them up. So I think patience is such a huge thing when you combine both of those formats. Now, the auction aspect, kind of like I touched on, sometimes in that auction, though, we have seen where those elite guys, everybody's a real tight ass with their money and they don't want to spend. So it, it's just relative to have a value in your head where you think like, man, I think maybe Herbert's worth – $200 in this format. So if he's only going for 150 get your ass in there because you're going to get a value on Justin Herbert because I guarantee QB9 off the board is going to go for like $250 when people panic and go, shit, I got to get one of these guys. So just a few things from the auction and the best ball perspective I wanted to interject there. Yeah, yeah man. I, can I, I just want to say real quick, and, and, and another thing that does is – Early on, people get excited, man. I always say money just burns a hole in people's pockets for whatever reason, man. And not having the money and being able to watch. And let me tell you what happens. When there's that bidding war for those top guys, let's say Kyle Pitts, $200, Justin Herbert, $350, $370. That ties their money up. And the next day when you put up enough, if you're already in $375 on Herbert, right? And then the next day Dak Prescott goes up, you're like, Shit, man, I can't even bid on that, man. I'm I'm locked up. I'm gridlocked with 350 there. Like there's there are so many layers to what makes auction, in my opinion, the superior startup format because it is truly the embodiment in fantasy football of chess. Yes. When you nominate, how, what positions? Well, you know, Jonathan Taylor gets somehow waits until day five to get nominated. It's a whole different conversation, right? You're like, oh my God, like, you know, and that would never happen. But it's, you know, what happens if people get cute and put MVS up on day one? Somebody, I would love to have MVS in every best ball league, but he goes up on day one. I bet you he goes for a hell of a lot more than people want him for on day five, right? So just so many layers that make it so fascinating, man. It is really so many layers to it, man. Yeah. That's that's such a good segue into what I wanted to discuss here, and I, I kind of want to get into our teams and what we think and what what we're planning to do is a little bit too. But Ray, what you just hit on, man, is exactly what I was going to try to say about auctions. One piece of advice I could try to give is this: there's a couple layers that get people confused. Okay, so this one 
is a little more clean cut because it's a thousand dollars, right? So it's it's very visible to the eye the percentages, right? If it's a hundred bucks or a thousand bucks, you don't get confused with the percentages. Throw in five hundred or seven fifty, and the percentages from that dollar amount get people all messed up, right? But if you can have an idea of percentages of what you want to spend on a position group, right? What what I want to spend on quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, and then if you can have a percentage of what these studs should be going for. Because this is the thing. If you say, like Mike said, you you got, if you believe in your mind that Herbert's a 20 to 25% player, which is a lot, and he's going in this for 37 and a half, right? And then you see that another quarterback's going for 35%. If you're seeing a bunch of these way above average, what that's meaning is that people are overspending and they're going to run out of money. So what happens there is now the hammer at the end is really worth a fuck ton, right? But if it's the opposite and all these numbers that you have in your mind are they're not being met, now all of a sudden the hammer at the end isn't going to matter as much because all the values happen first and the player pool is going to run out first. So really, if you can be cognizant of what you think a player is worth, what you want to spend at a position group, and if everybody's way overspending on that, the hammer now is fucking huge. And if it's short of that, now all of a sudden, man, I want to get some of these guys now because what's going to happen is everybody's going to be sitting on this money and it's going to be, like you said, the MVS and the KJ Hamler, which we want to have them, but I don't want to spend 20 bucks on them. You know, so that's where, like, to me, I learned that. The problem, the problem is this in this league for me, I only had Kenny Pickett and it's like, okay, I got the hammer, but do I really want to only have Kenny Pickett? And I fucking had to spend almost 20% on Lawrence because there was. The, the numbers of quarterbacks and, you know, the McNutted drafting with you, this is what happened. So I had a nice hammer, but I had to still spend 20% because I didn't, I decided to do that versus going with just Kenny Pickett. So um, anyway, that, that that's one thing I've learned to be cognizant of is if you've seen everyone blowing their load early, that means the hammer is going to be worth a lot at the end. One thing too, I think we should probably touch on Ray. Have you found as we get more and more into it, right? We're in year two of, of, being best balls, like doing them for real, for, for real money, real competition. You know, we touched on like all the people, these aren't dummies that we're playing against. These are people who are tapped into the space. These are our premier Heisman members. You and I and Adam have been in a couple leagues already together. As we get it, do you think people are learning a little bit more? Cause it really seems to me more people are trying to do the whole, tear down king type strategy where I'm going to take the one asset and I'm going to turn it into two or three post auction. I'm going to take the DeAndre Swift and I'm going to turn them into two or three pieces. And more people are becoming cognizant to like, nah, fuck that, man. It's best ball. I ain't giving you three, three good pieces for your one great piece. Like I'm out. Like, yeah, I'm good. Yeah. I have seen it. It's your fault. You know, I know <laughs> you're following this in huge, but uh, you've got a loud mouth. And you uh, fucked yes, up. You fucked it up for everybody. You have, I don't want to hear you complaining about it. I don't want to hear you talking about more and more people because you talk about it time and time again, and thousands of people listen to this podcast. So, yes, I have noticed a lot of people doing that, but I also noticed a lot of people doing it prematurely, a lot of people not doing it the right way, a lot of people forcing teardowns. No one is – I think that's my <laughs> – it's, it's, it's like at some point, dude, what are you doing? You know what I mean? I've got Jamar Chase. Do you think I should tear down to Michael Gallup in a first? 
Come on, man. Come what on. are we doing? But, but we, okay, man. You know what do we? What do we? Well, Mike told me. Yeah, you know, that's why I blame <laughs> you. Go give. You know what I mean? Don't leave a bad review because it's under the umbrella. But damn it, go fire them up. Go fire up this Twitter account. But yes, I have noticed more and more p- people doing it. But I think you guys need to make sure you let them know, right? Like, don't just. Don't just force it. Don't have Jamar Chase and and say I'll take Michael Pittman, Lavisca Chenault in a twenty four first, right? Like, right? It, it, yes, I'm. We we can. T- you know, I've even learned from y'all. Like, I kind of like the tear down approach. If I have, I have no problem tearing down, right? But it's got to make sense it, at some point. Common sense has to prevail. Man, Ray, see, and that I think is the thing that is hard to really define the line right because if you're really desperate like mike and i also you talk about the psychology aspect when you can sense someone's desperate to make a move here's the other thing about this right the auction there's a bunch of people that overspend on studs and now are desperate as hell to tear down because they don't have enough they don't have enough roster spots and you're gonna see we just saw one ty you know i love you but uh, I can't, I can't, can't get behind it. I Barry. didn't see it. What, what is it? I did not. Right. I have not seen. It was I'm not seen. Uh, Nick Chubb and Tyler Conklin for Jarvis Landry, Jamison Crowder. What was the other wide receiver, Mike? Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd. There's see, and it, it, and honestly though, Ray, this is it's funny as hell because I love that we can just blame this is your fault Mike when it I'm comes sorry. to it right and, and it's true we could blame Mike but there's a there, it's reality is where is the line right if I can get three actual assets and, and I'm not saying that Landry and they don't have a place but come on man these are Landry and Crowder are older assets and they're way down the ADP list this makes you're being too fucking nice stop stop Adam stop. <laughs> Go ahead, Ray, because you're right. I, I'm trying that's to be. Terrible. I'm trying to not be. And, and that's what I mean. What are we? What are we? What are you doing? Yeah. Crowder, Boyd, and Jarvis Landry. Stop. Exactly. And that's the thing. I, I, you're trying to. I, you're trying to force something because you want to tear down and you want to get depth so bad. You now have a bunch of depth, but nobody gives a fuck about those three guys. This is still dynasty, man. And I Correct. think pe- this is still dynasty. And everything that we're talking about is, you know, as far as. W- we're speaking from it from a because I don't believe any of us like intent like maybe every now and then for a league you go in you productive struggle but I want to win you want to win Mike you want to win Adam right now if in the middle of the draft things shake out where you're like all right I got to pivot it's it hadn't worked out then that's fine but your goal is I'm going to build a competitive roster like that's the name of the game doing a move like that like why yeah. And and this is my issue. It's like people the, 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 their their sense of tear down is is off. It's warped, right? Like if you're tearing down from Nick Chubb, A in my mind, all right, I want a lesser running back back first, right? Like if I'm tearing down from Nick Chubb, I'm just because I have it up on I'm looking Give me Ramondre Stevenson. I'm just saying a lesser back, and that might even be too far down. Plus, this, this, right. not three old ass wide receivers. That that, that that there's just you're being too nice, Adam. That's not how you execute. Not at a all. Tear down, man. No, you're right. I, and frankly, I mean, Mike and I talked about this off air. I mean, listen, Ty, 
this isn't meant to be a direct shot at you. We're using your trade because it's the most recent. Correct. Year. Not but, at Ty. Not at Ty. Understand at though, Ty. like, honest to God, Jarvis Landry and Jameson Crowder could be fucking dead at the end of this season. Like, I, I, that's the reality. So you could have traded at the end of this year, Nick Chubb for fucking Tyler Boyd. That's what that trade could look like. And you threw Tyler Conklin, in which I'm not even huge on Tyler Conklin. Why the fuck is he in the trade? So this is the point. There is a line to where, yeah, if I'm getting two legit assets for one, like you said, too, if I'm getting a down tier at running back and I'm picking up a receiver, fuck yeah, sign me up. But if you're taking three aging assets, which don't have a lot of upside for a true top 15 running back, this is now the discussion of like, you've lost your damn mind. And Mike, you're at fault because everyone's trying to tear down and no one can. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's, I'm sorry. And this is this is a lot of people, man. Yes. Don't sometimes the best deal is the one that you don't make, where you right. just say, "Let me sleep on this," or yeah. "Let me ask somebody's opinion." You know that maybe I pay for. Let me see what they think. Right. Maybe maybe you pay for a service out there that somebody will tell you do not do that. If you do. You just got this is one that I just truly believe this is not the right way to do it. And I think that's the, the important takeaway. And Mike, I'll let you have it. Uh, your This is your area of expertise. This is not the way you execute the tear down. Listen, Meatloaf said it best. I will do anything for love, but I won't do that. <laughs> so so I'm not going to go super crusty, right? Adam, if you were to look at the ADPs in a traditional snake draft startup for those guys. We're talking double digits. None of them are even, I think, in the top 12, man. Right, right. We're talking 13, 14s, right? You got to give me at least some guy. Like, if that deal included somebody like James Conner, James Conner, Tyler Boyd, Jarvis Landry, boom. That's the perfect kind of teardown in a best ball that I would make. I think the production for James Conner and Nick Chubb maybe is going to be pretty similar. And you give me two more shots at the wide receiver, I'm in. When you start getting outside of the top 120, 130 players, and like these are the pieces you're trying to add up to it, they're fine in best ball, but they're really just turds, Mike. You're talking each one of those guys maybe makes your lineup three, four times a year versus Nick Chubb, who's probably going to make it nine, 10, 11 times pretty solidly. So, and like you said, Ray, it's still fucking dynasty. Now, we may be down on Nick Chubb. We did the, the AMA last night. We may be down on Nick Chubb for this year because of the Deshaun Watson thing. But I've told you, too, I think at 23, this fucking guy smashes with Deshaun Watson back in this offense. you know. And Adam said it last night. Kareem Hunt's probably gone. Like, this is a guy. It's dynasty. I know I got Nick Chubb for two more good years. This year may not be the greatest, but, hell, I'm waiting for 2023. So if you're going to tear down, Ray – I'm all for it. I love tearing down. I just don't tear down probably outside of the top, I'm going to say like nine, 10 rounds. Like if we're talking picks, players uh, 100 to 120, we're starting to get in the, the the hectic zone. Like I want those guys as add-ons. I don't want them as the main piece of the tear down. I'm willing to go down to the James Conner, Ezekiel Elliott, Josh Jacobs for my Nick Chubb all fucking day and give me something else on top of it. Now, you want to toss me a Tyler Boyd? Perfect. I'll take that tear down in best ball. But to your point, you don't got to tear down just to tear down, right? Don't just do it. Don't make a trade. 
it's don't make a trade to just make a trade. <laughs> make a trade because you have a calculated risk or a bet that you're going to make. Three turds isn't really <laughs> good. Go, go, go ahead, Ray. I, I know Ray's going to say something. I was just going to ask you for your, your guys' advice is when you guys tear down, do you look to acquire the same position that you just traded and pick up something extra, or do you want a whole different position? Me, just me, if I'm tearing down off of Javante Williams, I want a running back back plus something else. Now, whatever those something else's are, but it's somewhere in the deal, the package that I receive, I want to replenish the position that I just lost. Is that something that you guys deploy or you don't really think about it? I would say this. It's it's easier and simpler if you know you're just truly down tiering a position, right? It becomes more complex if you're telling me I'm actually losing Nick Chubb, a stud running back, and I'm not getting a running back positional player back. And now I have to think about the positional scarcity aspect included into the values, right? So it becomes a lot more difficult. I will do it, but it's a – I probably need to have more of a win on my side if I'm going to take just straight straight receivers for a Nick Chubb, right? Like you and, would never tear down off a quarterback and not get a QB back, would well, you? It, Is there other this, situations? And I'm, I'm asking then for no. the people to know how to do this. And, for again, for me, my personal dynasty philosophy – if I trade a quarterback, you will give me a quarterback back. I don't care who it is, but I'm getting one back some way, somehow. The, the, okay. Uh, Mike, if you have something to say, go ahead. But I, I want to tell you this. This is where the 14-team thing really makes what you're saying so fucking true, right? If it's a 12-team traditional league, there's going to be times where I'll trade a running back, not get one back, quarterback, not get one back. In this format, based on what we've seen Mike do with quarterbacks – there, you'll be damned if I'm trading a quarterback and not getting one back unless I've got seven like Mike. So here's the exercise I want to do. Mike, if you had something to say, go ahead real quick. I was going to say too, but Ray, you kind of hit on some points. Now, Adam, you touched on it perfectly that doing it position to position is the easiest fucking thing. So if we just talk wide receivers, running backs, tight ends, right? We'll leave quarterbacks out of it because that's a different – you need to know your league size. You need to know your league mates. How hard is it to acquire another quarterback if you were to trade one away and not get one back? Like all those things come into play with it where you need to be goddamn sure how fucking certain you are that you can easily go acquire another quarterback, whether it's through draft picks, your picks coming up in the next year's draft, that kind of stuff. But leave it at running backs, wide receivers, tight ends. It's a lot easier to just down tier position to position. I'm going to go from running back to running back and pick something else up. I'm going to go wide receiver to wide receiver and pick something else up. I like to do it both ways, but my preferred way is actually do cross positions. I like to do cross positions because people sometimes lose track of value, right? Yes. If uh, if a wide receiver and a running back are going in a similar range in a traditional, we got all these ADP tools. Why not fucking utilize them? If they're both going in the fourth round, literally back-to-back picks, they hold a similar value. But in some people's mind, because one of them says running back and the other one says wide receivers, you can take advantage of that and go mm. like, I'm going to go from Nick Chubb to Deontay Johnson plus. Mm. Now, both of these guys I would value very similarly if I was doing a startup, and I would take them, even though I'm a running backs over wide receivers guy. I, like this. I would take Deontay and Nick Chubb in a very similar range. So if somebody mm-hmm. wants to give me Deontay Johnson for my Nick Chubb and add fucking anything onto it okay. worth, a, worth a shit, 
I'm in. So that's usually how I like okay. to doubt here because you can cross position and, and fuck people up mentally where they're going. I oh, like it. He, did, he doesn't want a running back back for me. Cool. Like, yeah, you can have this wide receiver. I'm fine with it. In my opinion, they're the Never same. Never thought of that. They're the same Never value. Never thought of that. You're giving me a free second or you're giving me a free ninth round startup pick wide receiver, a Chase Claypool that you don't give a fuck about. So those are how I like to do it. Now, when you said quarterback, yes, you, you want to get the quarterbacks back, right? And generally, I would say in standard leagues – I, I'm, I can't just take any quarterback back because you know some people will be tossing in Marcus Murray. Right, right. People will be tossing in T- Taylor Heineke or Jordan Love. Like these guys are absolute fucking turds to me. If I'm trading away a quarterback, I don't want your turd quarterback back where you're going to think like I'm doing you a favor by giving right, you this right, quarterback. Right, right. I don't want this affecting the fucking deal I'm making with you where you'd be like, yeah, see, he's worth a nickel. <laughs> no, he's not. He's worth less than zero to me. Right. I don't want this polluting the deal. But this is also why I love to set my teams up, and you've seen it in this one too, where if you have an abundance of quarterbacks, I can trade away any of these quarterbacks and not get one back, which means I can ask for more in return. I don't need you to pollute the deal with your quarterback coming back. Even though these may be gross or crusty, I don't need that pollution coming back. Let me go for the skill guys that I actually want. Let me go for your running backs, your wide receivers, your tight ends. So that's my answer to that question. I like that, man. I've never thought about it like that. That's why we got you on the, that's why we got y'all on the network, baby. So y'all go back and edit this out. So nobody hears that. So I can deploy the strategy. (laughs) So edit that shit out. That's, uh, edit that out. Put that behind the paywall, man. That's good info right there, Mike. I like that. The, the the truth too is, man, like that the cross the cross positions is where a lot of values and needs and desperation get played into deals and where people really fuck up, right? Not saying I have never done fuck ups too, right? I'm I'm not gonna tell you guys that I've never made a bad trade. I, I can pull up trades if you want to see mine that I've I fucked up, all right. That being said, a lot of times that's where you can play your advantages. And truthfully, in this in this league, I'll just tell you, I don't know if this is going to end up working out or not. If, I'm sure everybody in the league is listening. And, and if you don't look at the league and see what I've done at one position, then you're just not paying attention. So I'll tell you, um, it, since it's not apparent enough for you on the roster, is a bunch of money's in my pocket and a bunch of money spent on other people. This is a 1.75 tight end premium, right? And I know that the position is really scarce. And and like Ray hit on earlier in the episode, if you've been tuning in and listening really thoughtfully, it's only two teams. But it's really underrated how much the additional two teams adds to how much desperation there is at all the positions that's except wide receiver because it runs so deep, right? So at tight end, there's people that blew their budget and don't have tight ends like at all, right? Mike is one of them. Now, Guilty. the problem with me and Mike is that you know, I'm going to have he wants me to take Jared Goff or fucking Marcus <laughs> Mariota. So I probably won't be going to that shop. I'll probably shop somewhere else at a clearance store or something like that. But um, <laughs> I'm telling you right now, man, I'm, I'm sitting on Waller. I'm sitting on Kittle and I'm sitting on Albert O. And that's tight end room in the league. <clears throat> I said it this morning. That's tight end room in the league. I appreciate it. And, and, and truthfully, like that is one of the position groups for me, Ray where a lot of times you talk about tearing down with a position, 
that's going to be one of those where I'm just going to have to wait until the right time comes where someone's like, I need a tight end. And I'm not looking to get one back at that point. I'm looking to move one for a different position group, right? So it, it kind of depends on what you're trying to do with it. Um, the exercise I wanted to get to, though, real quick, man, is actionable stuff. Like, this is one of the things I've taken from Ray that I think is what makes Mike and I really good at the content we've done. And we have so much to grow. But making it as actionable as possible, because this is something Ray preaches on. And so that, that let's just take this deal, okay? Let's talk about... You're trading away Nick Chubb and you're trading away Tyler Conklin. All right. You can't rescind the deal, but just for future reference on like an idea. If you're trading that away, Mike, I'm going to give you some, I'm going to throw some threes at you. And I want you to tell me like too low, too high, or is this good? Right. Okay. Yeah. Shoot, man. So let me just think about it like this. You're going to get three. Let's say this was Tony Pollard. Let's say it was Chase Claypool. And let's say it was Donovan Peoples-Jones. Where are you at there? Probably still a pass for me. I'm probably going to pass. I would agree. Just would outside agree. my just outside my comfort zone. And, and just for reference, though, that's a ninth, yeah, a tenth, and a seventeenth. For the record, like the deal that was taken was lower on every aspect, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you, you make that last part, the Donovan Peoples Jones. Yeah, DPJ lost. Yes. Okay. Okay. Good. Good. Thank you. Thanks for bringing that up because that was the point where I, I went from the two that sound real good and I went yeah. crusty as hell, right? This is where the exercise is important because if that says Tony Pollard, Chase Claypool, and let's keep it crusty, but not too bad, Tyler Boyd, player that was in the deal before. How does that do it for you? Now you got my attention. And now I'm thinking about that one. Because okay. yeah, I thinking. think I think those are the guys that could make my lineup multiple times. I think that's I think that well, the reason yeah. I use that exercise, and I thought about this already before I put the names in. I think that's the point where it's like, okay, I have a decision to make, right? Like this is yes. a yes. this is the right spot. This is that like threshold where it's it's correct. Now let's say that was Tony Pollard, Chase Claypool, and Jahan Dotson. Ooh. This is where I'm going, like you're gonna 4D I, it, but that, that that's what, better what, for you, yes. correct? What do my what do my league mates think of Jahan Dotson? How I, likely well the, I am mean, I you, yeah, you and, and Ray, yep, yep. Not not just me, but Twitter in itself. Like we're seeing fucking reports every day. John Dotson's Carson Wentz's favorite favorite wide receiver. Nobody can cover Jahan Dotson at minicamp, blah 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 blah. Like he's getting Twitter hype. Which Ray touched on it, the human aspect. People, <laughs> it's the running joke about Justin Ross running a fucking curl route on air and what people did with just a curl route on air. Like, I could go out and run a curl route on air. And at this point, some people would hype, like, oh, do you see Mike? He's looking nimble out there. Like, ah, oh, he's, uh, he's almost uncoverable. <laughs> I'm the most coverable person there is in the entire fucking world. Stop it. But, Jahan Dotson, you get Jahan Dotson in there. I'm thinking the 4D aspect of it where I'm going, hey, what could I move then Jahan Dotson for just based on hype? Like I like Jahan Dotson, but on a contender, I really don't want to rely on him. But I'm thinking like maybe maybe in two weeks, maybe when training camp opens and we actually get some videos or something, an open practice. Holy shit, I might be able to sell Jahan Dotson for a first worth, like yeah. a 23 first worth. And then what can I do with the 23 first? <laughs> And keep that train going. But, yeah, John Dotson, I think I just 
ship that fucker off. Nick, and, and you let, take Nick Chubb, Tyler Conklin, I'll take the package. And let's make it easy. Um, let, let, let's say Jahan Dotson. Now it's Tony Pollard, Chase Claypool, and now instead of Jahan Dotson, it's Brandon Cooks. Oh, Jesus, that's a hell of a smash. That's the right. easy smash. And, and see, all I did there in that exercise, Dynasty Generous, I want you to think about this, is I moved that third player from round 17 to where it's like, this is a third, maybe fourth round type player yes. that we're worried about. And I just kept creeping it up. Okay. Because what I, what I need you to think about is it really is like Ray said, it's still dynasty. Like you cannot throw a Nick Chubb away for three players that could die. And Tyler Boyd maybe hangs around, but like you can't do that. So you kind of have to think about where the assets all are. And I think here's the problem for Ty and, and for people in that league, right or wrong. You know, this is free content, so whatever. Yeah, I don't care. It's not behind a paywall. The problem is a lot of people did not put their money appropriately. So what you're doing is you're talking about managers talking about making tear down and tear ups when there's so many teams that don't have enough real assets to make it worth. How many people are actually sitting on three, four guys in the eighth, ninth, tenth, eleventh round? That's where the problem is. You're trying to force something with a manager that doesn't have the assets. Walk away, like Ray said. Sometimes the best trade you make is the one you don't make. For sure. That's a huge thing, man. Ray, this was incredible to be able to chop this up with you, and I'm really excited for this league to see how it plays out. I know I got 47,000 crusty quarterbacks that nobody wants, but somebody eventually will come like, hey, you know, Jerry Goff looks pretty good, buddy. What's it going to cost me for Jerry Goff? Before we get out of here, I know you're going to wrap up, but quick prediction, who do you think, I know you've looked at all the rosters. Best roster that you've seen, top to bottom. I'm not going to put any, whether it's contender or long-term, however you want to take it, what's the best roster you've seen on each side? The 14-team aspect has really fucked us up so bad because 14-team makes it so tough. Yeah. So tough. This is why I hate playing I, in these leagues. And I know there, I'll put you on the spot. If you need yeah. a couple of minutes of me to filibuster for you, you know I'm the, I'm the master. <laughs> Listen, I mean, but, you know. for, for, first and foremost, it, please filibuster away. Not for me to look, just because I, I love hearing Ray G no, talk no, on no. the podcast. You got, you got a newborn. We're not going to do that. You got a newborn. And uh, we're we're not gonna we're not gonna do that. But if y'all if y'all if you have it, I, I'd be interested to hear. And I think it, it's so funny because I talked about this on Wake Up, and you know everyone's gonna listen to this. Like, a lot of people are gonna know what we're talking about as we reference this league throughout the year. And I think it is a fascinating case study because it's sort of tournament style, but you got the dynasty aspect, and then it's kind of redraft. So I think it's gonna be interesting to watch this play out. But if you've looked at the teams which team do you, in your opinion, do you think is set up the best to be successful in this league? So I have two teams from the new Heisman side that are my favorites. Now okay. I haven't picked, I haven't picked one from the OG side yet. Okay. It's, it's that's because he, he can't say his own team. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, we know, not, we know why. Listen, man, I'm not an asshole. I wouldn't do it. I only brag about my bomb squad one win. That's, that's all. <laughs> But I actually earned that one. I haven't Ray, earned shit here yet. You, so I you can't talk. you can't say that. What Ray's a patron. He's heard the episodes where you talk about all your squads. Don't he he talks about a lot of squads. He <laughs> talks about a lot. But I'll say this: he did earn that BS one title, uh, and that one was not easy to come through um, because I beat him in the regular season pretty handily too. Uh, early. And uh, early. yeah, early. peak too early, man. God Listen, damn it, peak too that, early. 
Be that was it. before. That was before I had Davis Mills. That was that, the was, key. that was Baker Mayfield. One good week. It was that week. He, he peaked, and that was it. But no, I, I, yeah, go I, ahead. I like the, what the Rook did. George, okay. the animal steal, is the wrestler he took. I like what the Rook did on his team. He's got he's got enough quarterback depth for me to be like, okay, you know, he's got Daniel Jones, Ryan Tannehill, Jameis Winston, not sexy. When he follows it up with Sam Sam Howell, Jordan Love, Desmond Ritter. Jordan Love is just kind of whatever, but. Ritter and Hal have a chance yeah. to start at some point during this year. Yep. His, his running back core is yeah. not, not super great, but Christian McCaffrey, Austin Eckler, and then you get a guy like Daryl Henderson and Samaj P. Ryan and whatever the fuck Pierre Strong is. So I don't mind that team at all. His wide receiver core is fine, but he's kind of top to bottom where it's like he doesn't have a lot of holes. And, and where I start to look, the first thing I look is that quarterback. If you've only got two quarterbacks, I don't care how good they are, your, your studs, I'm probably not favoring that team. I'm yeah. probably not because even those studs are going to have bad weeks. The second mm-hmm. one, I like what tro- Trophy Chase has done, and I liked it before he got Nick Chubb. <laughs> I like oh, okay. his team before Cause, cause he got Nick Chubb, and it's even we, better. Yeah, I was going to say, like, can we just admit yeah. that if you had two, you should not because Trophy Chase was in the discussion for me before he stole <laughs> Nick Chubb. Before um, he stole yes. Honestly, man, like – The team that got Nick Chubb? Yeah, and Trophy. the thing about Chase, too, is, man, like, um, I think he did well. Wow. I'll just say this, man. Had he allocated, I don't know what he spent. And, and the, the money differences sometimes are pretty crazy from side to side, which was cool about this. I don't know what he spent on JK. But I just have to think, if, if this team currently had allocated the assets from JK to something, damn near anything else, yeah, like Chase's, Chase's head and shoulders. I think whatever he wants to 4D JK into um, will be – hinging on what his team becomes because his team's really good right now i i really like his squad and then yeah you get the the, the gift of nick chubb added ray, to ray you can't see because this is our podcast but ray ray is like what, what 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 did you let chase do we don't we don't let nebraska I just, people i just don't sleep. know how this happens i i just i'm truly interested in the conversation that took, i got a jarvis landry and, uh, and jameson crowder for you i can tell you this because he is what? a patron of ours ray um it's literally the same. It it's a different version, a different way that the trade went down, but it's the exact same principles and, and psychologies that you talked about with Rico, where Ty knew he needed to get depth. Um, we talked about it, that with him, but it's unfortunately June he didn't. He didn't. He didn't es- execute it correctly. Second. I know, man. I know. What do it's June. Tw- Stop it. Listen, I don't know when I don't know when Mike and Adam may invite me on, but please, and I don't I, I, I do not guest often. So if it's not the wake up show, I'm not I don't even podcast anymore. I don't even do this, right? If you've got like stud players like this, draft picks 2023 first, this is the worst time to trade a 23 first. Like that the, the only thing that is going to happen from this moment forward until the 2023 NFL draft is that pick is just going to continue to increase in value every single month i am not trading an elite asset listen to what i just said an elite asset derrick henry i don't care how old he is elite asset nick chubb if the deal isn't like porn and what i mean by that is there's no definition in the dictionary like there, there might be but you know it when you see it if the deal isn't you know it when you see it i need to press accept today I'm not doing. I'm not doing this type of move now, man. It 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 truly makes absolutely. It makes no sense to do that right now. 
to do yeah. that right now. And when and let me tell you, you got those receivers that Chase has, you bet your ass I'm walking away with something other than Jarvis Landry and Jamison Crowder when he's got Amon Ross, St. Brown, DJ Moore, Tyreek Hill, Chris Godwin, Stephon Diggs. There's you, you no. He he found the right one because it wouldn't have been this one. Because I wouldn't have responded. You smell that, Mike? We did this on the uh the trade show. Smell, smells like desperation. Um look, I, I looked through them all, Adam. I still can't find one on the Heisman side. I was gonna you. say I was gonna say this. Um I still can't find one. Ray, 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 let me let me answer the question. Cause because I, I cannot truly give one team but I, i'll say this though ray in, in my heart of hearts when i've looked through this and obviously we've been fucking dude what has it been almost two weeks now of this of this draft where it finally finished it's actually pretty fast if you consider it man I, no teams? Yeah. it, it, it but, is yeah, but when you, when you when you're working and, and creating content yeah. and you got a newborn it feels like i've been in this thing for an eternity <laughs> yeah, all right? it, does, so, it does it does feel let, like we let started me, this let me just last let me just say that all right that being said, I've been paying a lot of attention because I've been in this, it seems like, for weeks now. I'll tell you this much. I'll tell you what I do know, Ray, is there are the large majority of these teams, unless there are significant moves made, are not going to be um, teams that can contend. I think there is a group of maybe four-ish, five-ish, that have a chance with the right moves to be the top of this side. But I think that there are... I'm not going to name and shame, but there are seven or eight that are like that. I don't see how this works in best ball, man. Like that, I think that's the way that I would describe the OG versions because I can't really pick a team or even two. Yeah. But I can tell you that it's three or four. I think that with the right moves can happen, and I'll tell you that the most the majority of them, man, you got your work cut out. I'm not saying you can't do it, but yeah. you're going to need a lot of those Nick Chubb type deals coming through to make it work. My final takeaway from looking at it when I'm studying the OG side, especially like, I don't know everything that went on on the new Heisman side, but those are the, the two teams through all 28 that I could find. I'd be like, well, I kind of like this one. And I kind of like this one. And I think we can kind of agree on the, the chase one, especially with the Nick Chubb thing on the, the OG side, Ray, especially we got people where I'm having a hard time picking out the contender roster and we got people who have traded away the yes. 23 first. Yes. Some of them, they're 23 second as well. Like they have traded away their picks. That is not a good feeling or a good sign when me trying to be as objective as possible, not pick my own shit, try to be honest and look through the teams. I go, shit, man, I don't know who the hell the best team is on this side. I don't know who it is because there's like six of them, I think, are all probably real close. Nobody stands out. I would hate to be one of those six teams that's like in the mix who has traded away his picks going forward. Cause it's like, Ooh, shit. I might end up in the, in the lottery boys. Right, right, right. If you have something to say on that, go ahead. Cause I, I'll I, just I, say I got one last thing too. The OG side is disappointing, man. Um, you look down the roster, and this is everybody. You got teams with one quarterback. You got teams with two quarterbacks. You got teams with no first and seconds. You got teams with, uh, it, it just, the oh, listen, man. I'm I'm looking at the teams where I'm like, these should be the contenders. But like you said, they got two quarterbacks, right? Teams with two quarterbacks, no first round picks, no second round picks. Some teams with a quarterback. Some teams with just a quarterback, man. Like it just the 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 new side 
disappointed, man. I, 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 I don't know what happened. I don't know if it was arrogance. I don't know if it, I don't know what it was, but the new side, I think you guys hit the nail on the head. It is going to be a lot of, we've got, I'm looking at one team where the entire wide receiver room are rookie wide receivers. Right. Yeah. Just historically, three of these guys are going to bust. Yeah. And, and that's, there goes that. You know, it just, I see teams with rookie tight ends. Right. Rookie tight ends. Outside of the Kyle Pitts. Not named Kyle Pitts. Yeah. Listen, if we're chasing still, Kyle Pitts, we fucked up. They're Come still on, better man. than my tight end group. <laughs> let's, maybe. Let's be maybe. Maybe. Rookie maybe. tight ends we don't know anything about. Uh, this is, this is like Adam Trump. Ray, Ray, you know what, though, man? Because um, what I wanted to get to, actually, it's funny. We've been piggybacking today because I'll tell you an interesting point. Uh, 4D chess, like, I'm not going to say we have everything nailed down because we, we are still developing our process. Like you ta- alluded to, especially in best ball, man, this has been an evolving thing. But I'll say this with the 4D process, we talk about the 4Ds and direction is one thing. Right. And I think the, the one of the critical mistakes I see in an auction. I'll say this, man, one hundred and twenty five dollars in my pocket. And the way this auction went down, if you spent it correctly, probably was the correct play yes. for you. That being said, you know what's interesting, though, Ray? I still don't know for sure if I do that because we have to live in today's world, not yesterday's, right? Because here's the thing. Everybody that spent that 125, they were four. Yes. Thank you, Ray. Thank you. Because you you know what? You know what's crazy, though? Everybody that spent that picked a direction before anybody picked a player, man. Yeah, man. In an auction, you can't fucking do that. I just want to say this. Please understand this. Because here's the thing. The three people on this podcast right now, you know what we have? Our picks. All of us have our own 23 first. Yep. Because here's the thing now. What's crazy is yep. <laughs> the crazy part about this is this. 125 is probably the correct monetary play if you knew how to spend it correctly based on tomorrow's information. Mm-hmm. But everybody that spent that 125 that has picked a direction and fucked up, I have mercy on your soul, man. Because... I, Ray's sitting on somebody's first. Somebody else has somebody else's first. And guess what, man? You you fucking got in bed with McNutty because now, like he says, uh, if, it's, if it's with me, you got herpes because you ain't getting <laughs> fucking shit back. Like, I don't know what you do if you messed up your auction and you lost your pick. Honest to God. Like, I don't know what you do. Oh, man. It's going to be a wild league. Ray, thank you so much for putting it together, man. I, I know it's MFL and I'll give it all the shit in the world and I'm a sleeper <laughs> guy till I die, but... We, we learned a lot from it. The, the proxy bid was Adam touched on a little bit. It's an incredible. Like I, I never experienced that kind of thing before, so that was awesome. The fact that we get 28 people in this league, and that's 28 egos and 28 people talking shit and 28 people who think they know better than the other 27 people is fantastic. So it's going to set up for one wild-ass league. The fact it's best ball, too. I don't have to set fucking lineups. I get to enjoy my weekend still. Incredible. And then uh, inevitably, when I'm uh, holding the belt, the championship belt <laughs> on my waist. You see, Ray, you know he was going to do it, man. I knew it, man. It's his show. Let him gloat today. <laughs> but, man, thank you so much, Ray, for coming on. I, I know it took 25 episodes to finally get you on, but you don't ever need an invitation. You just pop in. I think the link should just be up all the time. And just whenever <laughs> the fuck you feel like it on Wednesday nights when we record, you just hit enter and come in. So, Kind of like Mr. Rogers, right? Just ring the fucking door. Just get in here. 
anything uh anything else you want to say to the fine people before we get out of here i don't know if these people if they're not listening to you under your network that we do a podcast for. i don't uh, know what the fuck you never know you never know um i just want to say and i mean this sincerely 25 episodes in uh, you guys have grown so much uh, you've gotten so much better m- more comfortable um, and more importantly, you entertain the people and it's actionable. So uh, continue to keep growing, continue to keep learning, pushing yourselves to create dope content and everybody out there that's listening and you hear my voice, I endorse them because I believe in what they do. I believe in their strategy. I believe in their work ethic and their passion for dynasty. And if you believe in me and you've rocked with me, then you know I'm not gonna I'm not going to lead you astray. So make sure you go to Patreon, patreon.com forward slash South Harmon. Support these two individuals, support these two content creators who are putting a ton of work in to provide content. It feels like y'all are doing something daily. So uh this is how we continue to do that. This is how this is what makes it worthwhile, right? So support these guys the same way that you've supported Destination Devi. Uh, for the past three years. I thank y'all for having me on. And maybe we'll just, I'll be back for the 50th. I'll let y'all get some more practice in. We'll let the league get through. And I'll come back for the 50th. Uh, I like this. Have a a shit all upgraded. We'll have fancy mics and uh, camera setups too. Maybe it'll be a live stream then too. Well, fuck it. Who knows? Mike Mike didn't even see what happened there. Rach has set it up so on the 50th, he's coming back to take the crown back because he's going to win this league. I love what he just set up there. Boom. 50th episode. Let him have it, man. I already got his money from Bomb Squad. I I can't do it too much. But but listen, honest to God though, man. Um, Ray, we really appreciate you coming on. Um, It's crazy the journey we've been on because – Man, when I started like watching content creators, I honestly, from a passion standpoint, Ray, like for me, it was just like I rocked with you and what you put down. Nick Ercolano, we had last episode, like people like that that I've just rocked with. I think their 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 content's awesome. And for me, I joined up with you because I thought like you were helping me actionably get better in my leagues. And I never once ever in my life thought, you know what, let me get on the mic with Ray. That happened organically in your Heisman house. And Mike and I decided to just hop on a podcast so we stopped like bothering each other in DM so often. And here we are, we're doing a podcast, episode 25, with the Ray GQ. And honestly, man, like I, I just want to say this a couple things. One, like I, I appreciate you more than you know, because th- this right here, it- it's crazy for me to even think about doing because I never once like joining you or anyone's other's discord thought about like creating content here we are doing it. And two, like if you're tapping to our stuff on Ray's platform, you don't know him. I, I, I don't know how more ass backwards that could be than trading Nick Chubb for those three pieces of bullshit. But that being said, since you never know, um, please go join his Patreon, patreon.com forward slash all gas, because I'll, I'll be honest, man, the Heisman house, like the camaraderie, the relationships, like the stuff that's in there on top of unbelievable content and actionable advice and things that are beneficial for you and your dynasty leagues is just an unbelievable community. So I really cannot thank you and everybody on the Destination Debbie side enough for the opportunities we had here. This whole thing wouldn't be possible without you and, and all that. So all that being said, man, do not trade your elite assets for dog shit. Yes. And just remember... When your league mates are playing chess, play 40 chess. That's going to do it for us. We're out of here. Thanks for tapping in again. We'll see you next week.